This is the Key to Authority podcast, episode number 23. Welcome to the Key to Authority podcast, where it is all about helping you unlock the secrets of becoming the go-to expert in your industry. And here is your host, Janish Pandya. As an authority, one of your most important assets is your voice. You have to use it from delivering presentations, to speeches, to workshops, to client meetings, to podcasts, and to do everything else. To make the best use of your voice, you not only need to know about what to do with it and how to use it, but also how to go about taking care of it along with your accent. In today's episode, we talk about using your voice and accent effectively with Tilla Raja. Tilla helps people use their voices and accents to communicate well, so that the listeners trust and look to them as the authority figure in their field. She's a trained speech therapist and runs her own business, Speak for Life. Apart from specializing in voice, Tilla also helps people with stutters and children with speech difficulties. But before we dive into what Tilla has to share, I'd like to thank today's sponsor, GetResponse. GetResponse is probably the world's most easiest email marketing and autoresponder service. They have a drag and drop editor, along with other cool features to make life easy for even the non-tech savvy people. And the best part of their service is the live 24-7 chat support. It makes it a breeze to get answers to any questions you might have at any time of the day or night. If you don't have an autoresponder service or you're thinking of changing from your current one, then GetResponse is definitely worth a shot. Go to keytoauthority.com slash getresponse to get your free 30-day trial. Now, here's Tila Raja. Hey Tila, welcome to the Key to Authority podcast. We've caught up with quite a lot of times and I love what you do in terms of helping people with their speech side of things. And you're as a professional speech therapist, you know quite a lot of, about the technical aspects of it. So wanted to get uh, you on the podcast and pick your brains on that side of aspect. So welcome to the Key to Authority podcast. Thank you very much, Janish. Very pleased to be here. So Tila, there's quite a few people who might know what speech therapist people do and some people who have no idea. Like first time when I met you, I was not sure what exactly you do. So how did you end up becoming a speech therapist and why and what exactly do you do? All right. Okay. I'll start from why did I become a speech therapist? I um, I grew up in Singapore and uh, while we were growing up, my brother had a very bad stutter. And my mom brought him to see a speech therapist to uh, work on his stutter. So uh, at that, I, at that point in time, I had no idea what it was. And, um, long story cut short, he, um, he, you know, he, he got a speech and it's very fluent, but I got to see the effect, uh, the, the stutter had on his speech. So if you're not fluent, it, uh, or it, if you have some difficulties with your communication, it really affects your confidence, uh, and how you feel about yourself and how you communicate with others. So I could see that really, um, translating in my brother's life. And, you know, he worked on it and, you know, he's a happy young chap. It's very fluent now and he, you know, talks everywhere. I can't shut him up. <laughs> but uh, I think um, what I could um, gather was the impact a communication impairment or um, something that doesn't go right in your communication has in your life. So I came to Perth from Singapore because they did not have speech therapy, the course in Singapore at that point. Now they do. And then I came to do a degree and I graduated and I've been here. Well, I've been working as a speech therapist for about 12 years, I think. And then I set up my own business about 18 months ago. 
Now, what a speech therapist does, uh, they call us many different names in many different countries. In, in Australia, they call us speech pathologists. In Singapore, UK, I think it's speech and language therapist. So it's all the same thing, actually. So we deal with um, pretty much anything neck up. So when I say that, uh, we actually do feeding and swallowing. So, you know, if people have the accident of kids who can't chew and swallow. So we do that uh, technical aspect of it. So uh, that's that's quite a clinical part of it, which I, which I did quite a lot of in my career. And we also deal with uh, components of communication. So how we understand language, how other people uh, use their language and how we understand them. And that is the whole lifespan. So I work with kids and adults, but, um, you know, comprehension is a thing that spans over a lifespan. So I do that and then how they express themselves and how they use their voice. So, and that is the area, uh, how you use your voice is, uh, it's not a very, um, tapped in area in Australia, especially in Perth, may I say. So a lot of speech therapists work with just the speech and the speech sounds, but not so much the voice. So I do that uh, as part of my, my business as well, and I, and I love working in people's voices and accents. Thanks for that lovely snippet of what exactly a speech therapist or pathologist does. So considering like in terms of business, quite a few people like to grow their authority, you have to speak publicly. And being that international aspect, especially in Australia, you have people with different accents, different tones and different voices. And some yeah. people might not be comfortable about it. So what is the key to using your voice and accent effectively, especially when it comes to public speaking? Right. I would like to say that obviously I'm not a public speaking coach. So I, I think I described yourself to, uh I describe myself to you as the um, engine behind the public speaking. So literally the voice behind it. So I don't do public speaking coaching, but I think we're on the same page. So um, with using your voice, now I think everyone's voice, everyone uh, makes an impression the minute, you know, you look at them and the way they sound. So it's very important to know um, actually how you sound and how that actually creates authority and influence in your area. So if imagine, if you think of some celebrities, you know, you expect something from them when they open their mouth. And then if you hear a different, like a high-pitched voice for a male or something that's really deep-pitched or really low tone for a female, that kind of throws you up a little bit. And then your message kind of gets diluted. So the way you say it is it's one big factor. So, you know, we look at the pitch of someone's voice, whether you're really high-pitched or whether you're low-pitched. The rate of someone's speech, so how quickly they are speaking. Uh, and obviously everyone's got a natural rate of speech, you know, um, it's their own rate. Mine is pretty fast, but, um, you know, you do need to know when to slow down and when to obviously stop and take a pause. And also the tone, you know, people have a really happy tone, angry tone or sarcasm, one of those. So those are the components you need to know when you're using your voice. Of course, if you're talking publicly without a microphone, you need to learn how to project your voice. And that's something we do quite, um, I do quite a bit of training in as well. So lots of people I see sometimes, you know, the, the public speak a lot, but they end up either losing their voice or feeling really tired at the end of talking. And that's because they do not warm up the voice or take care of their voice, which is the most important tool when they are public speaking. I mean, it's like the bread and butter, pretty much like mine. <laughs> my voice is my bread and butter. With an accent, it's a very personal thing because, as you said, you know, people come from everywhere, especially in Australia. 
And I've got an accent myself. And I've worked on my accent and I've also done my accent reduction course. So I think an accent is very personal because it reveals your identity. It reveals where you come from, your culture and your background. And of course, the languages that you speak. However, if I think an accent should be worked on if it is impacting the person's speech. So, you know, instances where you get people going, can you say that again? Can you repeat that? And what was it you said? You know, if that is high frequency, if people have, you know, you, if your listeners are constantly asking you that, then it's something to maybe go, maybe my speech needs to be at work or maybe I need to polish up my speech sounds, you know. So um, I think, you know, a lot of people are proud of their accents. Some people really don't like their accents, but it's as I said, a personal thing. But a good, uh, I think, measurement is if you're constantly being asked, can you say that again? Can you spell it out for me? Especially on the phone or when you're public speaking, then it's a good idea to actually assess your speech and see if you can change some accents. I love how you mentioned that you have to take care of your voice and obviously the accent part is personal. And I guess it also gives you that edge because it differentiates you from the others and from the crowd where everyone has a normal accent and then you have something different. So that becomes a unique identifier. So some people shouldn't go and try to modify their accents for the sake of modifying. I loved when you mentioned about caring. So could you go a bit more in terms of how do you go about caring for your voice or caring for your accent? Yep, yep, absolutely. So for caring for your voice, if let's say you've got a couple of hours of speaking for the day, so ideally you wouldn't want to have caffeine, and I mean black teas, and I mean coffees, and I mean Coke, and I mean sports drinks. So any of the above that I mentioned, I know I had to, I had to include the sports drinks. <laughs> Um, they are, they contain, they contain lots of caffeine. So they do dry out the voice quite a bit. So I think if anyone would like to have a healthy speaking voice, avoid the caffeine, especially on the day that you're speaking or have them after you finished your course or whatever. Uh, of course, wines. Sorry. I forgot to say alcohol. Biggest, <laughs> biggest thing. Um, so that's one thing. Ca- caffeine and alcohol and smoking as well. Anything that you think is going to dehydrate the voice. And they also need to um, remember to constantly drink throughout their course. So, you know, every time they have a break and the participants have a break, have a glass of water and make sure that it's actually tepid. So it's room temperature, not cold, because coldness constricts muscles and constricted muscles produce constricted voice. So you want to have room temperature water with lemon in it, if possible. If you can't, just a plain water. No, none of those soft drinks and sugary drinks as well. Um, and also, if you're projecting your voice, then, you know, uh, come and see me. <laughs> but uh, warm up your voice definitely before projecting. And I mean, if you're talking in a room of maybe 30 people, you probably need to take extra care for your voice. But 10 people, it's okay because you're not increasing your volume lots. But if you're doing about 30 people, you want to make sure that you are projecting it safely. So if you think you're straining your voice or you feel like you're shouting, or your voice starts sounding like this at the end of the day, <laughs> then you know that you need to take notice of your voice. Having said that, a lot of people have voice like this, and sometimes it's a bit cool, but it's a personal thing, as I said, but it's not a um, it's not a healthy voice. When you mean by projecting your voice and taking care of that projection, so what what kind of things do you work with? Like if you could give us a, some snippets of how you work with your clients in that or some techniques or strategies. A simple technique, because it's hard to say when I'm on the podcast, but a simple con- technique is actually looking uh, 
towards the end of the room or towards the last person of the audience. So, you know, if you're looking kind of the front of your audience, that means you are, your chin is slightly tucked in. That means your volume is slightly softer. And if you look up and up and above all of your, your audience, then you actually are lifting up your chin. Anatomically, it does move your larynx quite a bit. So you are projecting a voice more than you think. And also, um, if you want to do like a simple warm up, you can do like humming. And I mean, hmm, humming. So that really warms up your mouth muscles. You know, when you feel this nice, tingly, irritating feeling in your mouth and your lips, that actually warms up your vocal muscles. So that's a good thing to do before you start talking. Can I mention another thing as well? Sure. Another good vocal <laughs> habit is to have good sleep, especially um, if you're, you know, I know entrepreneurs and public speakers, you know, they always probably have a really tight schedule. I think sleep is a very, very important thing. I notice that lots in my own, my own life. So when I have my speech therapy sessions and I have had less than six hours of sleep, I, I really sound like a frog at the start of the day <laughs> and I sound like this, like really bad. So it's not a great impression that I make when I do. So I'm very conscious of my sleep as well. But if you're having a brick presentation, just go to sleep at least six hours. <laughs> that really helps. Definitely helps. And now bringing back to the third one where the tone, using the tone and stuff. So obviously there's different tones where people make comfortable. And as you mentioned, some tones are sarcastic. Some have like make people comfortable enough. So could you give us like a little bit of technical aspects in terms of different kinds of tones and how to best use them either to create engagement or sort of that aspect? Generically speaking, females and Australians as well, we tend to end sentences with an inflection up. So if I'm saying I'm going to go out, I can say I'm going to go out. I'm going to say, or I can say I'm going to go out. So, you know, when you inflect up at the end of a sentence, that usually means it, 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 it usually indicates you're asking a question or you are unsure of the sentence you just said. Does that make sense? Yep. So if you listen to someone's speech and this they can do if they actually want to, if they record themselves the day before they present and listen to their speech and go at the end of every sentence, do I sound like I'm talking up or do I sound like I'm talking down? So, um, and if they can't tell, come and talk to me, <laughs> but it should be quite easy to go, you know, and, and if you're inflecting going up as well, you are, your, your neck position does generally move up as well. Whereas if your if your if your neck is down and your and your chin is a bit tucked in, you do have a tone that ends not in a questioning tone. I mean, if you're asking questions, yes, by all means, inflect your 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 voice at the end of a sentence. But if you're not asking questions, you want to sound that you know this is my stuff. I know what I'm saying, and I mean business. Not I mean business. That's a different thing. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes total sense. And I guess that little bit of a difference, obviously causes a different reaction in terms of the audience yes yes so tying all this together taking care of the voice and then we have a little bit covering about the accent where it's more of a personal choice and finding out whether if they are people asking you to repeat it then something that you want to work on so mm -hmm. how does one go about i guess like identifying whether they should come see a speech therapist or pathologist or is that something they could come work on themselves? And if so, what are the questions they should be asking themselves? Okay. Questions they need to be asking themselves. I'll start with the voice. 
voice as that if you notice that you've had a cold and, you know, we all get colds, it's winter month as well. But if you've got a cold and you have your constant speaking engagements, which is fine, just make sure you take care of your voice. But two weeks after the cold, if your voice doesn't sound like it used to, then you probably need to seek the help of a speech therapist or, you know, um, also reduce talking for a start. So um, I think, you know, especially when people have got packed schedules, they want to push through as much as they want to. But if you've got a cold, rest your voice. And I mean, really rest your voice. And if you can't, just make sure that two weeks after the calls, make your voice is back to normal. If it's not, then it's time to seek some help. The other thing is if you are constantly tired or, you know, when you feel like you're constantly holding your throat at the end of the day going, oh, that's really sore or I don't really want to talk at the end of a whole day of training and I'm feeling really exhausted with my voice, then you are probably using your voice incorrectly. So you might want to seek some, you know, advice or you just, you know, you can come talk to me <laughs> about how to take care of your voice because sometimes people, you know, they might, ha- might have the great vocal habits, but the way they use their voice, they could be holding it in a really constricted way. So when I'm tensing a lot of muscles when I'm speaking and I'm doing that for maybe eight hours in a day, a lot of uh, tensed muscles, like you, like you think if you're in a gym, if you're having tensed muscle for eight hours, you are very exhausted at the end of the day. So if you're having tensed vocal bo- uh, voice muscles, laryngeal muscles, then you feel exhausted too. So if you uh, just m- measure yourself and how tired you feel after talking. Or if your voice starts sounding like this and it keeps going in and out or, you know, your pitch, you know, your voice starts breaking up when you're talking, you know, that's a, that's a sign. That's a clear sign of that is not how I sound yeah. <laughs> and that's not how I want to sound. So like, about three things you can look for. Uh, and of course, you know, modify your sleep, definitely increase your water intake, definitely reduce your alcohol and smoking. You know, um, try all of those things because those work definitely as a first protocol. Is there one thing like in terms of wrapping up as an action the listener could take in terms of regularly doing either be it the mornings or something like that to make sure that they're taking care of their voice every single day of the week? Definitely hydration, especially in winter. Lots of water. If you're doing teas, just do herbal teas. And another tip you can do is before you make an important point or before you maybe the opening of your speech, talk on exhalation rather than inhalation because that delivers a bit of a different message to the audience. And thanks for that tip. I guess sometimes people forget that how important that water is when it comes to their diet, their voice, and obviously the sleep aspect. I really enjoyed it in terms of all those quick tidbits about keeping your voice and using it effectively. So where can people get in touch with you and how can they get in contact with you? I've got a website. It's uh, www.speakforlife.com.au and it's all spelled out Speak for Life and they can contact me from there. Cool. No worries. I'll pop down the link. Uh, really appreciate you coming down for the interview. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Dennis. It's been a pleasure. Tila has given us a toolbox full of strategies and techniques to help us better manage our voices and accents, which will come in really handy, especially in this winter weather. Today's action for you is to make it a point that you hydrate often and regularly, especially when you have to speak in public. The other thing for you to remember is when you're making an important point, do so upon exhalation and not inhalation. To get the details and the other links talked about in today's show, go to keytoauthority.com slash ep023 for the show notes. 
and if you have any questions, make sure to leave a comment. Till next time, keep using your voice and accent effectively. Thank you so much for listening to the Key to Authority podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and share at www.keytoauthority.com. We'll see you next time.